Welcome to Arc Splash. This mini-podcast highlights a program or service at the Arc Oneida Lewis. Listeners will get to know the people and innovative programs we offer throughout our community. We hope you enjoy these. Follow us here and on Arc Waves. Welcome, everyone. On today's episode of Arc Splash, we are going to discuss the Arc Oneida Lewis's School to Work program with its School to Work director, Brandy McCanny, and Jerry Schweitzer, our director of employment. Welcome, Jerry. Welcome, Brandy. Good afternoon. Hello. Um, so listen, guys, School to Work program is a really interesting program that we have here at the Arc Oneida Lewis. I'd love to be able to share a little bit of information with our listeners, and particularly with parents who might be interested in engaging these services. Um, Jerry, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about School to Work, describe the program for us, and a little bit of the history. Sure, no problem. Um, School to Work started in 1999. I guess first off, I'll start by saying I started in 1996. I've been with the agency since 1996. And around 1999-2000, my department, Employment Services, was already working closely with um, the BOCES, the local BOCES here in, in Oneida County. And we had a really good relationship with a guidance counselor, not your traditional guidance counselor that maybe you or I may have had when we were in high school and or college, but she, um, she, she and the principal of special ed at BOCES approached uh, myself and the previous director in with our connections and employment services and what we were able to do with the, um, the businesses in, in our county. They felt that what these students were doing in the classroom just really wasn't reaching the kids, the, those students, um, their potential, so to speak, okay. and have any idea what was really out there in okay. the world of work. So schools were would struggle with certain kids because, you know, maybe a behavior, and I, I don't like using the word behavior, but maybe there was a certain behavior or they just weren't complying to what they were learning. But when they came in the community and learned what was out there, it was more of an interest to them. Mm-hmm. So it started with us working with a specific class in BOCES. I had a staff that would go into that class and work with that class of 15 students and maybe take them out into some tours and have them a, give them a better idea what's out there. Okay. Most school kids, and again, I'm dating myself to 1999, but things haven't changed too much. <laughs> most, um, most students want to do what they see on TV. And that was, you know, whether it was a, an athlete or maybe a movie star or things of that nature, some of them are not really realistic to what's... Um, job related mm-hmm. here in Oneida County. Mm-hmm. So um, that's how it kind of started originally with a small portion of, of students from BOCES. And then uh, a grant came about and it was called CareerLinks. We worked with the Workforce Investment Board and um, it wasn't just the Arconite Lewis chapter. There were other chapter, the other agencies that were also involved with this. And at the time, we, it would open it up to the 12 districts that fell under the BOCES uh, catchment area here okay. in Oneida County. And we were able to serve two students per district, not a lot. No, no, definitely limited. So we were able to do, we were doing then it was individualized services. We would work with those students and again, work on career readiness, see what what they, what they were interested in. Um, some of the other providers didn't feel that it was feasible to to do, have a staff house for just, you know, two people. Mm-hmm. We stayed on and because we were able to, um, to, to, to work with this contract and work through it. It was a three-year contract. The district see, saw that it was much. It was beneficial for them at that time. So when the contract ended, the districts and the teachers that I built or my staff built at the time, um, that day-to-day um, relationship with, they went back to their supervisor, their 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 um, CSE chairs, and stated, "We really like this, and mm-hmm. we could benefit from this now." 
and is there a way that we can still have it? So we went back to our guidance counselor that we had that relationship with in BOCES, and she said, absolutely. We can put it under what they call a COSER 206, which is their billing mechanism. And the districts purchase the services under BOCES, and then BOCES then subcontracts with us to provide the service. So BOCES is kind of the middleman. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they do that is that this, the districts can get stackable aid on every one of the referrals for the following year. So that's why they didn't, at the time, were not going directly through us. They were still had that BOCES involvement. So now instead of two, there was a, a, a price for each student, but it was open to how many that any school district wanted. Oh, that's fantastic. So you're able to expand it quite a bit. How many students today does the School to Work program serve? Yeah, last when, that, when we started, we started with one program, 15 kids. Um, and I know Brandy will, will add a little bit more, but we now have 11 programs, 21 school districts, three different counties, in pre-COVID numbers are anywhere from 150 to 180 students, give That's or take. That's such a huge impact. Um, you know, Brandy, one of the things you had shared with me was that when you started in 2015, when you took over the role as the director of the School to Work program, you had 11 staff members. Mm-hmm. By 2018, that had grown to 18 staff members. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what those staff members are working on with the students in the School to Work program and what sort of skills are being developed in that program? We have a variety of programs. So some of the students are out in the community, like Jerry was talking about, we take them out and we do hands-on work-based learning. So we might be at a local business and mm-hmm. they get to go for an hour and a half to two and a half hours, um, half a day and learn actual hands-on work skills. They're learning how to um, function at a work site and how to be an employee an employee um, with complete supports from our staff and they're there with other students from other districts so they're also being able to socialize and meet other students that they might not normally meet Um, we also have programs that focus mostly on social interactions and community orientation going out and kind of seeing what's out in the community how to utilize it um, how you would access it where you would go and then developing the appropriate independent skills to be able to do that. Could you give me an example of one of those skills? Would that be something like navigating the bus routes? We do do travel training. Okay. We do teach that in a couple of the programs and help prepare them um, as young as a middle school age, teaching them, again, the community orientation and kind of how to utilize a public public transportation system. Mm -hmm. And then again, as they get older and getting ready to maybe graduate and doing travel training again. That's awesome. I think I might need some travel training, but <laughs> I think we all could use a, mm-hmm. a little bit of an I insight. I had to teach myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, how does a student find their way into our program? Are we finding them, or is it something that a parent or a district is saying, this student might benefit? How do we act as advocates for the program, as well as for the people who are going to benefit from the program? So essentially, referrals always come from a district, and okay. it, it is definitely a, dif- a district involvement that says, um, you know, when looking at what they can provide for their students and the opportunities that are out there, it's making sure that they have the knowledge of what we can also provide for them. Mm-hmm. Um there are times that we attend transition fairs for school districts and parents will come and take some of our flyers or information sure. and they will bring it to their district and say, I, f- I saw this program, you know, maybe my current classroom for my students not working out um, or my BOCES program isn't a right fit or th- sometimes they've already done, exhausted all of their options within sure. those two different. So this is a newer um, opportunity for them, for their child. And 
they, um, sometimes I get calls from parents that maybe word of mouth. My, really? okay. my son's friend is in your program. How do I do this? So I have to redirect them back to the school sure. and then connect them, you know, with their CSE chair or their teacher. But what we've learned is every school district's a little different due to size. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, certain schools are much bigger than others. So it may be just be the special ed department directly that we work closely with, and we provide them with information on a, on a month by month, quarter by quarter, even year by year basis. Okay. And then other districts, um, you know, we we it, it may be we have to meet with the guidance department as well as the special ed department. Um, sometimes it's it's higher up. It's mm-hmm. the superintendents. Brandy sits on the CSC chair meetings um, every that's held every month from every district. Okay. Um, with the, with BOCES, um, it's with their involvement. So it's just word of mouth mm-hmm. and that continual word of mouth we meet with them on a monthly basis you know what's amazing to me uh when we do these podcasts and we have these conversations with different people from the community and people from within the agency as a parent how many many more things unify us as human beings and as parents than divide us Mm -hmm. and i put myself in the shoes of someone who maybe has a child with special needs and i'm starting to think about okay when can i start leveraging these services when are they going to be most beneficial for my child um, once I found out that these services existed. And you mentioned middle schoolers. How mm-hmm. young and what is the age range that School to Work kind of serves in general? Right now our current programs are down from um, ages 10 through 21. Okay. So middle school ch- is a little bit different for every district, 5th mm-hmm. through 8th grade. Maybe mm-hmm. it's 4th through 6th or I don't know what their middle school is. Right. But our middle school program is essentially for a 10 to 14-year-old. Okay. And that one focuses on independent living skills, as it pertains to their age, okay. Um, social social skills, developing those. They're they're developing friendships. We're taking them out in the community. They are learning um, the community orientation piece. Mm-hmm. So we do mm-hmm. travel training on that that end, and and we do a tour a week, taking them out to learn and utilize based on the curriculum that we're doing in the classroom, and try to follow it up with it, a community experience as well. That's an awesome partnership with the community, too, mm-hmm. to have mm-hmm. these locations to be able to partner with, to take these students yes. out and, and have them have that experience that's joyful and uh, a great chance to learn outside those four walls of a classroom, right. which can sometimes seem so confining. Mm-hmm. So speaking of the confining uh, nature of a classroom, we all are still struggling with this post-COVID uh, <laughs> world. How did you guys... Um, maintain relevance and maintain connectivity with your students such that you could continue that program. And I ask only because we never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So for a parent out there who's looking at this as an option for their student or a district who's thinking, okay, what's going to happen next? Talk to me a little bit about how you overcame some of those challenges. So with the the complete shutdown um, immediately, I was racking my brain and talking to every district out there. (laughs) What What do you need? How are you providing services for your students? What are you going to do? Um, same thing with BOCES. How, mm-hmm. how can we help support uh, our students in our programs? Um, some of our students actually go to BOCES and then come to us. So they might be half day at BOCES, half day with us. Gotcha. So it was a huge collaboration mm-hmm. with multiple people to try to figure out the best way to provide services in this new world. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in a matter of weeks, we had a nice outline and we were able to say, okay, we can do this. We mm-hmm. can do exactly what you're doing. Even our hands-on worksite programs, um, we all learned how to do remote learning real quick, <laughs> Zoom, um, Google Meets, whatever. We had to abide by whatever the districts were using. Sure, and so you had involved. to get 
uh, adapt at a lot of different paradigms. Yes, and try to teach each other through remote as well. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So we were able to do those and just be really creative in how we were providing the services now. So instead, maybe we weren't at a price chopper or a grocery store learning and practicing the cashier skills or the reshopping and Mm -hmm. um, employability skills, but we had staff that would do um, activities through the remote learning with them, the virtual mm-hmm. learning with them, and we would fit it into our regular half-day schedule. Um, we had staff that were going out into the community and providing with a laptop or a tablet the visual. And oh, then wow. the other staff was at their home doing the um, connecting with the laptop so that all the students were in a classroom. And oh, they were wow. being able to see, okay, this is if you, when you guys come back, because we were on the precursor, when you, when you come back, not sure. if, um, when you come here, this is what, it's going to look like so mm-hmm. that they weren't clueless as to what they were walking into. Right. I think that's so important for that transition and that comfort level and that sense of continuity for the students. So I think exactly. that's wonderful. I commend you guys for thinking so rapidly on your feet. I know as an agency, we um, responded very strongly and very well uh, to the crisis. So I, I we actually add have students. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just going to add on the transition piece is one, one thing that um, we're extremely proud of and what we do in the School of Work programs is the education and explaining to the students and their families what services they are able to get after they graduate high school. So we're already starting that process of working with the other funders Mm -hmm. um, that the rest of the agency falls under that Brandy's Mm -hmm. programs do not fall Mm -hmm. under. And we assist with that process mm-hmm. so they are educated on what services their child can get as well, too. Nice and that, concierge service. And, and that helps the districts yeah. as well, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Sorry, Brandy, were you going to mm-hmm. add one last thing? We're still doing the hybrid learning. Are you really? Yeah. Okay. If students end up out on COVID um, quarantine or some parents just have chosen not to send their students back, mm-hmm. we are still having our staff doing um, the remote learning from their classroom. So we're, we're still wow. providing whatever it is that they need. Right. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I'm, I'm so excited to learn more about School to Work. I could have a million questions and talk to you guys <laughs> both for several hours about this. And I'm sure most of our listeners probably have a lot of questions too just from listening to this conversation. So my hope is that they will um, look in our show notes. Uh, they can navigate to the Arco Nida Lewis website and find out more information as well uh, there. And they can also call you directly. Yes, um, my information's on all of the forms and they can call me, email me, anything. Perfect. And they can each work with their district as well mm-hmm. um, if they need to to find more information. So thank you both so much for your time today. Thanks I for having us. I appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. And Jerry, you know, we'll have to have you back and talk about the next step yes. in this continuum for <laughs> sure. Disclaimer, the views, ideas, and opinions expressed in this podcast are only those of the individuals involved and do not reflect the official policy or position of the ARC Oneida Lewis chapter, the ARC New York, or any other agency, organization, employer, or company.